In this episode, I sit down with my friends Brandon and Nate, and they share with us their backgrounds, Brandon being a former middle school principal, Nate being a former pastor. They bring us up to date on how they implemented the infinite banking concept into their lives to now they're teaching the infinite banking concept through their corporation, Unlimited Life Concepts, and their new podcast, Cashflow Legends. We had fun and hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Just, just like with ministry and and feeling that calling on making sure people are hearing the truth, same way with this, you know, we just want to make sure people are hearing the truth and uh, and making sure that it's being taught the way Nelson intended it. I mean, that's that's really important. The people uh, like yourself who were close enough to him know what his vision was and mm-hmm. and know that um, that really. You know, his goal was to make sure that uh, it really goes back to Austrian economics and libertarianism and everything like that. Really make sure that the individual is empowered more than more than they are today. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you have anything to add? Well, I was just thinking that early on when we began to learn about this, it really has become clear to me that most most things that we're taught or told we're not asked how we think about something and what i really was always mesmerized by with hearing the stories of nelson is that he never gave the answer it seems like he always just asked questions or told he used a to story. make a lot of people angry too. <laughs> yeah but i think it's a great so nate when nate says correct some people think well there's more than one way to be correct well i know what he means it means give someone the opportunity to truly go through a process where they decide what's correct for them and their value of what matters most to them. Because at the end of the day, most of us are taught to think that money is the most important thing, but the reality is it's just, it may be the lighter fluid to the fire that we want to grow, you know, and it's, it's just an inanimate object that we give way too much power to. And I just loved always when we get to talk about Nelson, um, Many people will interact with us and ask about Nelson, and I'll say, I didn't know Nelson personally, but I've had the pleasure of interacting with lots of people who knew him well. And the thing I'm most proud to say about Nelson is that everybody says he'd rather that he knows you knew, knew you knew Jesus or knew of who Jesus was well before IBC. And I, I think that's been a big part of our, our calling is they not chuckle about this often, but we actually get to share that truth more than any truth. And it's not because we're telling somebody they need to believe something. They just, we get to interact with them. We get to know them. We get to care about them. We get to hear how their family's doing. And um, Nate's had many opportunities, as have I, that people want to go, I want to know, I want to know about this other thing. I want to know about Jesus. Really? Yeah, multiple times. And, um, you know, that's where. I had somebody call me one time who was a professed atheist, and he called me. One time we were we were friends. We gotten to know each other through Twitter, through Infinite Banking, all that. And um, he said he was telling me he said, "Man, I just had something going on that hit me real hard, and I just needed to talk to you." And he said, "Why do I feel like I need to pray?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, that's the Holy Spirit, brother." <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, yeah, that's just one one experience. I had uh, another client of ours who reached out to me. He had some stuff going on in his life. I was able to share the Lord with him, and 
he let me know the next day that you know that he was part of the part of the brotherhood now and um and uh you know that he was following the lord and that was exciting and i think that's a, a good lesson in being very transparent about who you are because when people need answers they know who to reach out to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and there's been times not not because I don't tell people about infinite banking but in my own personal life as far as my circle and everything like that I don't run around like trying to beat it in people's head or anything like that but there's been times where I've been in a conversation with some somebody maybe a, um, a parent of one of my my kids friends or something like that and he says man I've been I know you I know you do something with money man I've been reading about like whole life insurance. Do you know anything about that? I'm like, that's exactly what I do. Uh, I just had a conversation this last week that was just like that. He's like, man, I've been learning about whole life insurance. I was like, that's exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, letting people know, and and that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you and what you do is it's very matter of fact. And Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I was... I don't remember who it was, but I was talking to somebody the other day and I was telling them that we were going to be on your podcast and they listened to your podcast. Thanks and, for listening. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I just started using the word premium over and over again in the conversation because I, I said, that's James's favorite word. And it's I appreciate that so much because there's so many people who shy away from that word. Mm-hmm. But the commission, that's the, another word. It's okay it. to say. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. We, we get paid to do what we do. Yeah. Um, but the uh, i said this on twitter recently um the broke mindset is that insurance is a necessary evil yeah the wealth mindset is that insurance is a powerful tool and a privilege and premium in our world premium is a privilege that we have the ability to pay because whole life insurance is the most exclusive asset that you can own because you have to qualify with your wealth and your health. And there's nothing else that you have to qualify for in that regard. And so if you can qualify for whole life insurance, like you need to own it. I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's uh, every one of us, very limited opportunity to even pay a premium. Mm -hmm. The day is going to come soon enough. Me, you, everyone listening won't have the ability or the opportunity to pay a premium. I don't care if it's health, income, the underwriters, you know, it's a limited opportunity to pay a premium. You know, Nelson had his uh, fourth quad bypass. He was uninsurable. Yeah. You know, and things like that. I mean, the fourth quad bypass doesn't necessarily happen overnight. That's scheduled. Right, right. right. You know, uninsurability can happen suddenly. Mm -hmm. You know, you age right out. And so my encouragement is – you know, to discover the infinite banking concept for yourself and give it a good, thorough vetting. And uh, when you see what's going on, just like Nelson said, you'll know what to do. And if it makes sense to you, it is a a privilege to pay a premium. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a small opportunity. And the larger premium that you pay that's legitimate within your financial ability and suitability, um, it's probably not big enough. (laughs) You know, it's like, look, I can get mad and quit paying a premium anytime I want. Mm-hmm. I've been paying premium a long time. I can. I don't have to pay a premium if I don't want to. I can get mad and quit anytime I want to, mm-hmm. and then have a guaranteed known value that I'm going to walk away with. Yep. 
It, it, I mean, when you think through, of course, you know, in conversation, it's hard. I mean, you can't necessarily understand um, without looking at illustrations, and that's never where you should start. Mm-hmm. But when you look at illustrations over time, even the illustrations in Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, um, if you just understand the relationship of those numbers, it's like it'll be hard pressed to go out somewhere and do it better. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and if you can go out and get it done better, God bless you. Whatever it is you're doing that's really good, if you'll practice the infinite banking concept, put it will put jet engines to whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, prove us wrong. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to, so I, I kind of want to go back, you know, here, Dave Ramsey, <laughs> you know, I mean, educating in the church, um, and you're still trying to get out of debt, right? And now you become your own banker. And getting out of debt is just one thing that can be done with dividend paying whole life insurance structured Absolutely. properly. Um, tell me the contrast between those two methods. Me, I'm going to give up beans and rice and drive a beater or do whatever. And I, yeah, I'm a little bit uh, pointed when I say that. It's like, I don't want to drive a beater. The older I get, man, the more... Comfort I like. Anyway, um, but I've, you know, like Paul, I've, I've learned to enjoy my standing, whether it's with or without. Okay. Uh The contrast between getting out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt, Mm -hmm. and then um, building Mm. true wealth, in my opinion, um, and then using that without interrupting that and getting out of debt that way so the beans and rice or the infinite banking contrast of getting out of debt so nate and i had both grown in our adult years up around the dave ramsey mindset okay um and a part of our story is that we were both living it but from very different mindsets but we were both getting heading to the same place okay so we had paid off all of our debt until we had just built the house we had no debt um but you know, you still you realize money has to flow, you know, and you start connecting when you read become your own banker. Looking back, you're like, oh, yeah. See what stops when money doesn't flow. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like when water's a problem in your town or something like that. You realize how important it is because it's not yeah. flowing. So when Nate and I connected on this and started diving in, I thought we may make it, but I was just gonna just barely cross over the finish line in exhaustion. That's really oh. how I felt, <laughs> and. So that was a big part of the realization is like, does your money work for you while you're sleeping guaranteed? Is it matched up to a guaranteed event in your life? And there was nothing matched up to a guaranteed event in my life at that point. So what I was able to do, and I don't want to share the number because money's relevant to everybody in a different walk of life and where they are, but my wife went to a very nice university close to here that... Um, she jokes that when she told me before we got married how much debt she had to the university, she knew I was a keeper because I said, okay, we'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) So our goal in the Dave Ramsey approach, which I would not trade was to get rid of that debt. That was the the biggest debt and we poured everything towards it. And, you know, the kicker there is, is that now knowing what I know and what you just said is that if I'd understood infinite banking at that time and I could have run it side by side or through that payoff, which debt payoff is just one of the things it can do. It's a uh, it's a multifaceted tool. Okay, I, we would have been in a whole different position of protection 
working backwards, which is not how we're taught. We're taught to play offense, to get the greatest rate of return, to get the least fees, and, uh, and you know that's it. And so I have that clarity to be able to connect with other people. So I tell people all the time, the baby steps can work. There's just a much more efficient process to use them through. You know, if you if that's your goal and that's what you need to do. So that's where my mindset was. And Nate had a different mindset that I'll let him touch on, but it was similar that it created some things that were not um, abundance-minded, you know, even though we were doing things different under the same Dave Ramsey thought process. So Brandon basically being debt-free, I was working through consumer debt at the time. I didn't drive beaters. I didn't drive brand-new vehicles, but I didn't drive beaters either. Um, and w- one of the moments that I got so excited for him about was when he called me and said he just got a, a newer to him <laughs> – Tahoe and I was so excited for him because you know that that uh Suburban was just you know, I upgraded about about 10 a, years a, just, just and a, it was still about 10 years old but it was uh, much it, nicer it it wasn't as much of a drag for you until you learned about infinite banking and you're like man like I could actually take control of this mm-hmm. not have to I can still be debt free in a sense but actually take control of that equation mm-hmm. And um, so I was really excited whenever you told me about your Tahoe. But, you know, we were working through um, the debt that we had and through the strategy that was created based on what we had. We didn't have a whole lot to start with. We just started with what we had. Um, They showed us how quickly we were going to be able to shift the wind current on some of those payments that now we're you're going talking about just starting the infinite banking concept mm-hmm. you're right. talking about going through underwriting going through all the machinations between you and your wife that you mm-hmm. got to go through mm-hmm. and underwriting and then you got to scrape up money to pay that god awful premium <laughs> where mike everett's going to make a commission and mm-hmm. the life insurance company is going to keep your cash value if you die <laughs> right and then they're going to charge you to borrow uh-huh. and they're going to charge you interest to borrow your own money yeah this is a startup that we're talking about Right. And then y'all didn't have that much, but you had enough to get started. Had enough to get started. So, and I want to, I mean, I want to point this out because everybody loves it. And me too. I love big numbers, right? Mm-hmm. I love these big presentations, $100,000 premium, million dollar premium. Yep. And people pay those premiums. There's no doubt. But you don't have to start there. Mm-hmm. I mean, $250 a month, $500 a month. If you look at the last I heard, and, <clears throat> and I'm probably rounding, you know, there's uh, 330 million people in America all right, at least half of them are adults or insurable age. Okay, mm-hmm. out of those, so we're, you know, I'll, I'll be conservative. One hundred fifty million people. All mm-hmm. right, um, at least seventy percent of them are insurable. All right, so now we're down around a hundred million people. Mm-hmm. All right, and every one of them can afford. A two hundred fifty or five hundred dollar, some a thousand dollar a month premium, and I'm pointing that out because you know five hundred a month is six thousand a year, and if you paid six thousand a year for two or three years, you got twelve or eighteen thousand dollars. You can run sixty, seventy thousand dollars of debt through those policies in short order. Yep, so I mean, you don't have to have this big premium. Okay, thanks well, for letting me. I want to touch on that real quick because we hear that often that there's just. What is Nelson said that most people's understanding of whole life is based off of someone else's misunderstanding? Misconception. Misconception. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably one of the top three things we hear of, well, you only can do that if you're wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look at me, brother. I'll show you how I started. And But I think the education piece is so vital because when you see where money was leaking out of your life or opportunity was disappearing or you were giving away one use of your dollar, money starts showing up 
and I think it's a fascinating thing how the brain works because now the brain goes, I can use that for my benefit. That's right. So we tell people, and that's been a heart of ours for a long time, is no matter what we do or create, anyone who's willing, willing to go on the journey to learn on their own, we want to make it available to them to start wherever they're at. Yep. Which yep. It, it's more mindset than money. Well, and that the, the headwind and tailwind conversation that Nelson talks about, um, that was what we were experiencing in our life at that time. We had some money that was sitting in mutual funds because we were doing the Dave Ramsey thing that had done well. We weren't losing money on them at that time. There was a good run on the market at that time, so they had done well. I wasn't – On paper. Yeah, on paper. I wasn't <laughs> concerned with that money sitting there until I understood that it was creating no value for me whatsoever, and I had this headwind of interest that I was facing mm -hmm. – that wasn't keeping up with the earnings you know, was going so, on with yeah, the Dave funds. Ramsey talks about a 12% long-term growth stock mutual fund that does not exist. Now you're talking about mutual funds. Was it in a qualified plan? Nope. Okay. It's just regular so it's an open account, so you're you're going to pay taxes on it, mm -hmm. and it's sitting there doing what it's doing. So you could have you borrowed on margin against that. I could have, but then I don't have the guarantees of the, the continual growth of those dollars. Oh, there is uh, no guarantees. You know, <laughs> what is the guarantee in the market? <laughs> uh, most people say zero uh, the guarantee the only true guarantee that you could place on the market is that there's a possibility of losing all your money yeah there is no guarantee right yeah. and you can you can go right past zero you just go borrow on margin yep right yeah, so, so true. Um, okay I don't, I, i'll quit in no no perfectly <laughs> fine that's a that's a great point because people talk about that oh i could just loan against my my account okay but what happens if that account goes south and then you get margin called hmm. um which not a lot of people talk about margin calls i, I just had a conversation with uh it's a client uh and i won't share any names a great great stellar young man uh dollars on a on a on a mistake you know mm -hmm. i mean we all make mistakes right if you're wrong you're wrong it's okay you just admit it and correct it and uh, don't do it again right mm -hmm. yeah 70 grand on a margin call. Yep. And and it, what? You don't have it? No problem. We'll finance that bad boy for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to sell all these stocks short. That's what created the call anyway. Mm -hmm. And so you liquidate that and we'll just, we'll finance that for you. 11%. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. So. Yep. Um, the so big it, guys do margin all the time. It's <laughs> like, right, not us. Okay. Right, I'll, right, I'll right, quit. Right. I'll quit. So, so what, uh, what Chris showed me you know he didn't tell me what i needed to do but he said hey if you did this let's see what it would look like and so like i said we started with what we could start with we decided that based on our cash flow and everything that we could do a ten thousand dollar annual premium that's a big number you said y'all didn't have i mean listen I mean, uh, how many people at that time did you know that was paying five thousand dollars a year in premium? Oh, that, that's true. That it, ten thousand dollars. I'm is probably not probably a little change. jaded right now at that number uh, yeah. because it was a big number for us at the time. Absolutely, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a big but, number. It's a big number now. Yeah, but we had uh, that was what we used to get started, and um, we just looked at how we could actually put that to work and start basically refinancing that debt away from the bank because that's really when we're using our banking system to pay off debt we're just refinancing that debt away from the bank where they're controlling the terms they're getting the interest and we're bringing that into our own system where now we control the terms and ultimately we get to benefit from the interest and now and they're you're y'all are doing that at a time you know we're just now coming out of a 15 
year low interest rate environment. I mean, the, the, the gophers in the home offices of the life insurance companies have never been in this position coming out mm-hmm. of a 15-year low interest rate environment. And my point here is, yeah, arbitrage is really easy to, to uh, demonstrate, right, when interest rates are high. But you and your wife are doing that when interest rates are relatively low. Right. And here now you're going to pay the life insurance company interest, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's these are uh, not – small things that you have to work through well and it for us it really boils down to or it boiled down to the three things that we talk about so often and it was the certainty it was the control and it was the efficiency of the money that was flowing through and those were really the three selling points for us was getting that certainty and control and looking at how efficient our dollars could become over time um you know it 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 wasn't a very difficult decision for me. It was more difficult for my wife. Um, but, you know, ultimately we came together on that and it worked out pretty well. And yeah. so, um, and I appreciate that. So, um, getting out of debt, you know, by, you know, in the way I, I don't want to overgeneralize, but, you know, I can spend the next 10 years of getting out of debt, paying cash for everything. Yep. And I can spend the following 10 years recapitalizing you know, for me and my family over that 20 year time period, or I can capitalize and then collateralize and then repay. And then in 20 years, I'm, I'm way ahead of mm-hmm. the comparison. If I capitalize, collateralize, control the debt, and then repay that debt compared to paying cash for everything and getting out of debt and then saving money, you know, there's two different timelines. Um, well, anytime money leaves your life, that represents time and momentum that you can never get back. And so one thing I love about being our own bank is that we don't have to worry about time and momentum because we keep the momentum, we keep the pressure to move forward. Um, and the time line for us is just based on how life is going because um, we control money going in and out of our system. And how small town you live in. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm like under, I got to go. I mean, I'm aging. I'm having birthdays while we're sitting here. You know, I'm, like, I'm under a timeline. No, I, I appreciate that. And then and, and the the interest rate, you know, and, and just getting out of debt, are you more inclined to pay a debt off sooner with through the infinite banking concept as opposed to the third-party lender you know i get the accelerated you know the velocity money you want to you want to pay off a credit card balance sooner you want to pay off a mortgage sooner right to avoid all that future interest and and so i i get that and understand that and it's completely natural um but if i have excuse me the ability to you know uh, accelerate a a loan repayment from a third-party lender and I also have the ability to accelerate a loan that I'm controlling through the infinite banking concept. Is there a difference in your the way you look at those let, two? Let me touch on this. So when we started, my f- sole focus was paying off the house. That was the only debt I had because my old way of thinking was once I get rid of this debt, I'll be free. Now I understand the beauty of capitalism and how you can go create as much wealth as you want to. If you provide value, it'll follow. But here's what I would say now that I didn't even get till the last two, three years. If we all agree and embrace that we are our greatest asset, why wouldn't we start by insuring it 
to match up with the known event that is going to occur when the good Lord takes us off this earth. So now I look at it this way and go, I'd rather have the ability to pay off some of those debts and choose not to because I know that my max insurability has been captured and I'm always trying to increase it, right? Because of that privilege to never have to disinherit anybody or anything that I love. So now it's really just a much more freeing thing to see the full court, if you will, and evaluate, well, that would free up some cash flow here and I feel really good about that. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. Or that, here's here's the thing that Nate and I talked about a lot in the past couple weeks. It is almost impossible to put a number on stressors in your life. Oh, yeah. Until they are not there. So sometimes, and Mike says this a lot, you you know, it, sometimes it's just behavior and peace of mind. But you got to compare it to something else. Did you have that before you started right. this process? Yeah. And if you didn't, if you just if the numbers don't math out, and but you feel better. There's a lot of value in the next in the next things you're going to create. That's worth something. Yeah, that's worth a ton. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, we've had to learn that the hard way a few times. But like I said, you learn from it and you you move on. When you really look at when you talk about value, you think about what are the most valuable pieces in my life, and when it comes to capital, our cash value, the way I think about it, our cash value inside of our policy is the most valuable capital that we can possess because. It's capital that we can leverage in an environment that we control. And there's not another asset on the planet you can do that with. Yep. No, I agree. It, you know, and uh, I still pay premium. Um, I buy new policies. You know, we finance. And, you know, I'm, I mean, we're like everybody else. Sometimes you get busy and sometimes you might neglect this, you neglect that. Um but if I had outstanding loans, and, I, and we do, we have outstanding loans, and we have debt and real estate, and, and, and you know, we can be debt-free tomorrow. Um, but my point here is that, that if I'm going to pay something down, if I value the third-party lender's money that didn't exist until I signed, you know, my everything that I own today, and then my future production to guarantee that loan, and at whatever interest rate that they that we agree to, but they set it right. And then they control the the uh, the terms of repayment. And if I value their capital to that extent, whatever it is, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, eighteen. I mean, I see uh, HELOCs at eight and nine. Mm-hmm. I see uh, these uh, lines of credit with credit accredited investors at twelve and fourteen percent. Shut the front door. Mm-hmm. Which. Uh, I mean, I'm okay, but I'm not impressed. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're 14% loan for an accredited investor. It's almost like you're hugging and punching the person. <laughs> <at the same laughs> time. Right? Hugging uh, and stabbing. <laughs> or so there's a third party debt, or you know, I have this um, outstanding loan to life insurance company, mm-hmm. and you know, it could be a lower interest rate. Right? I'm beating them up on interest, but there's still an interest that's paid directly to the life insurance company, directly profiting the life insurance. The company. most secured debt ever. Yeah, well, it's okay if, if it's a mutual company, too, and I'm the owner of the company because I'm a policyholder of the company. Yeah, I want you to be profitable. As a matter of fact, life insurance company, if you're not, I'm not interested. I'm going to move away. So I'm going to make them profitable. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm indirectly supporting the profitability of my policy. It's like, okay, I'm all good with that. Um, but if I'm going to work extra hard and pay extra attention to pay that down, 
uh, why wouldn't I do the same thing? I mean, there might be a lower interest on a policy loan, but it's still interest that's going against me, mm-hmm. right? Um, anyway, I'm just saying whenever I control it, when I'm controlling the banking function, I find myself to be a little bit more motivated to to get it I, done and make I, it happen I gotta tell faster. You this, tell you the story. So on the way here, so we drove in this morning, Nate from his town and me from my town. It's about a three-hour drive. And we have the ability to pay a premium in one of our policies the business owns. And Nate and I were game planning it yesterday, and that part of that window is going to close. So you better believe I am on the phone calling the company going, how much premium do I have the privilege to pay? And how do I get that to you as fast as possible and, and get it done? Yeah. You know, because of the privilege. Because the, the whole thing about having the ability to do something and Nate uses this example a lot. You know, everything that we use is probably borrowed or stolen from somebody we listen to on a podcast. But a good, simple way is that if you and I both have a bank, James, that we started and you got paid $100, would you ever walk across the street and deposit it in my bank? For a, uh, for a rate, yeah. Yeah. If you pay me enough, I might. Yeah, You might. <laughs> but I'd have to pay you quite a bit, wouldn't I? If yes, you, you had would. your own bank. Yeah, I and value my capital more than yours. 100%. You betcha. So. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool when you get to one of our most successful client stories that we have. One of my favorites to tell was a teacher that I taught with and they would tell you that they were so scared to ask us for help, even though we had a great relationship, they trusted me because they didn't want to open up the chaos they had created. Okay. Yeah. Which is really the truth for almost everybody yeah. we ever work with. We all got things we wish we wouldn't have done. So the very short version is, is they had 10, 12, 15 credit cards at 18, 20, 22, 28%, 30% in less than three years because they were already disciplined. Discipline was never the problem. It was not knowing the rules of the game. Yeah. Once they got to understand the rules of the game, they flip all that outside debt to inside debt. They go from two, three, four thousand $4,000 as teachers going out the door to coming back through their system. Yeah. And now they own real estate less right. than three years later. Yeah just because they started playing by the rules of the game that would win, they could win with. Yeah. And that was very little premium. It was just how the pieces flowed together. Yeah. And so that's really, that's the power of being the bank. Yeah, that's well, and, incredible. And, you know, I'm going to share this because it might help somebody. Um, It'll help me. <laughs> <laughs> I've battled scarcity for a good portion of my life. And it wasn't until recently really talking through that and working through that that I discovered it's because of the losses that I've had along the way, people that I've lost in my life that were really close to me. And I know I'm not I'm not different from other people out there who've lost people in their lives, but a combination of that scarcity that I dealt with and also uh, listening to Dave and him being so risk-averse in so much of what he teaches – I had developed such a scarcity when it came to money that even when I had money to pay bills, I was scared to pay bills because I felt like as soon as I pay this money, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another yeah. paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like I just like I, I'd, I'd gotten locked up so much by that. And I know if I felt that there's probably somebody else out there that feels that right now or has, has felt that at some point. And that was one of the things that really helped unlock that piece for me was understanding that I could actually build, create this environment, you know, 
create the aquarium, so to speak, where money goes in and now it can cycle through my life and it doesn't necessarily have to leave. And um, even whenever I was paying off debt and everything like that, I was still having a battle that back and forth, but then realizing that, hey, I was just creating this debt inside my policy now and now I control that and I can manage that myself. And, um, you know, that was something that was really helpful for me and really started to unlock that abundance mindset and um freed me up quite a bit because it was a it was a big struggle for a long time i could see that <clears throat> i mean i grew up poor you know i say that but you really wouldn't know it if everybody around you didn't tell you uh-huh. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh i had a great life and you know i'm just saying that i grew up with the it's uh, somewhere along the lines of scarcity, FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, I'm not scared to pay bills or, or wasn't then, but it was like, you know, until you've been without, you know, you may not understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, I want to, I also like to touch on, I don't want to jump over this because the, the churches and nonprofits, if the churches would ever, and mm-hmm. I know there's some pastors, preachers, you know, priests and uh, evangelists. I mean, we, I'm sure y'all have a lot of clients in, in the ministry in some form. Um, but I'm talking about on a, a, a little bit larger, <laughs> larger scale, maybe. If the uh, churches, oh my gosh, would kick all the rats out of the church, okay, and then bring some, you know, uh, capitalism, uh, you know, free, fearless thinking about money and about life insurance could freaking change the world. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. We, so we, we live in a small town, as I've said, and we changed churches when I left education and went to a church that was closer to our home so our kids could be involved and all that. And our pastor of this church is actually one of our clients. And I was sitting in one of our first they call them family meetings, but business meetings. And the printout comes out, and we've been a very blessed church for a small church. And I, <laughs> my wife had her hand on my knee, okay, <laughs> squeezing a little bit. Because when we got to the line item of how much cash is sitting doing nothing yeah. and growing and, and not being used in ways that could benefit and bless, she's like, you can't. We're new. You, no. <laughs> We're new. It's no. too soon. No. <laughs> Don't ruin it yet. <laughs> they like you right now. <laughs> Just give it a little bit more time. And it's been interesting because many of our uh, members of ULC have come from our church lately. ULC, Unlimited uh, Life Concepts. Yep. ULC. And, um, and we have that conversation and they will bring it up once they see it. And, they're, and they'll ask the same thing you're saying. They're like, why do you think the church can't wrap their brain around that? And, and the only answer that I can give succinctly and short is unlearning is harder than learning. And arriving in many churches has taken full-fledged dug its heels in. But <laughs> I've, I've had the privilege of visiting with it with my pastor many times. And Nate and I are hopeful and prayerful that one by one, maybe we can build that 10%, so to speak, as the Laura Murphy podcast says, and start – Shifting that because the power that could be, and I've heard you and Ryan talk about it all the time, and I 100%, we both agree. We're like, if some, if it can just catch, if like, and it can go the next mindset and the next mindset. But yeah, I find that, um, 
you know, the, the elders, the board members, the trustees, whatever their title is that support the pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, invariably, there's a life insurance agent on there or a financial expert. I was just about to tell you, a financial advisor that they've worked with forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and probably, you know, the 80-20 rule, uh-huh. you know, they probably, you know, donate 20 or 80% of the donations to the church so there's a relationship there that's that's there's a conflict there i'm not saying it's a bad conflict yeah i mean there's a conflict to change um -hmm. you know dave ramsey and 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 i've you know i've done a couple of ryan's done a podcast on dave ramsey i mean i've talked to enough disparagingly about that whole concept um but it's it's there. It's in the church. If you're going to teach something, teach the whole truth. Teach both sides, mm-hmm. right, wrong, or different, wherever you believe. You know, it's like you in education. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to teach them what to think. Or you're going to teach them how to think. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. But, I, so I'm, I've had the privilege to begin going through. I actually was just ordained in as a deacon. Mm. And it's really been on my heart, you know, of like, you know, Lord, if this is something that you're going to allow to come up, Great, I'm ready, you know, but I know it's not going to be, hey, gentlemen, you know, I'm the 42-year-old here, and, all, and many of you double my age at least. Listen to what I have to tell you. I know, I know, but I, luckily I, we've been around long enough and had great mentors that that's not going to be the approach that's going to work. It's going to have to be, <laughs> you know, it's going to have to be a little bit at a time, hopefully. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I think if the uh, the churches are like everybody else, they're full of people, right? I mean, uh, that's the problem in the church is the people and the pews. <laughs> that's true. I, so when I was a pastor, um, my uncle's a pastor also, and uh, one of our family get-togethers, we were talking and just kind of sharing, venting, I guess you would say. And and I I made the statement, you know, if it wasn't for people, ministry would be really easy. <laughs> <laughs> True statement. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I'm not on staff at a church right now. We're plugging into a local church, and I've had great conversations with our pastor, and um, and he's going through our process and learning, and very very interested in how he can implement that and hopeful that we might be able to, you know, one day get into the church and hopefully that'll, that'll spread. Um, we've had great conversations with other pastors across the country that mm-hmm. are becoming more and more open to it. And I think the, the key is starting with the pastor initially and having sort of a proof of concept in his life and letting that kind of spill over I th- into. I think a piece you touched on though is also important because we're starting to see it. I'm sure you are too. When you come out of this, you know, never-ending high of low interest rates and, oh, it's always benefiting me, mm-hmm. and a different truth starts coming available, then people start asking more questions. Mm-hmm. You know, so although we would never wish that on anybody if it's going to create struggle, it's been pretty easy for a financial advisor to look okay to a church for a while. Okay, so that's starting to change yeah and i had that conversation with that he's like well they always just said it would just do this this and this and you know for the most part it has but it, it's looked a little different lately and i'm like mm-hmm. might want to start asking why man it's it just doesn't it is I, I you know however big the church is five deacons ten deacons seven deacons twelve deacons and everybody in there you know they're they 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 love the church they're part of the body mm-hmm. they want they want good things for the church they want good things for the people they want good things for their children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. They want that church to exist, 
you know, and okay, well, all that costs money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're giving money now anyway. And it's like if you if you have life insurance, you know, you can carve off a little percentage of the death benefit, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all going to graduate and leave it to the church. Um, maybe you're, and I'm bringing that up because maybe you're unhealthy or you can't make it through underwriting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there's, you know, it, 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 pick a number: seven deacons, twelve deacons, you know, elders, whatever they're called. It doesn't take that much money, a $25,000, $50,000 face amount policy. It's like pennies to mm-hmm. put those in force, and every dang one of them is going to graduate. Every dang one of them. And you do that for uh, one generation, and oh my gosh, do you think that preachers will have to beg for money? Yeah. It's like, no. Um, anyway, and I'm, I'm being encouraging. Okay. Well, and I, I think the point you're making is, uh, really helps resonate in my brain is that that's an easy conversation to have because I'm not requiring anything of anybody other than like, this is how I want to bless what is already something we're proud of, but we want to continue, you know? So that opens up a lot more conversations. That's a really good framing. So I'm, I'm with you. All right. So look, we've been going coming up on an hour and a half. Um, anything you want to share in closing, anything we didn't cover should have covered. No, it's been a uh, a privilege to be here for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it. Y'all coming in and enduring the the traffic to get here and there was some <laughs> some traffic this morning to get here. Uh, but I'll let y'all share that with your people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you all for coming in. I've had fun and uh, and I think the people will enjoy listening. So, thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.